0: What's up and welcome to crossover Wednesdays here on the locked on podcast network. I am James Yarko one of the hosts of locked on bucks joined by Ross Jackson the host of locked on Saints as well as for the first time on a crossover Wednesday my normal partner on locked on bucks the one the only David Harrison you can check out everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you give us all a follow on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Locked On Saints, at Ross Jackson ASC, at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH eighty two underscore Bucks. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
1: Doing good, yo. Thanks so much for uh, for having me in here, and I'm excited. Like I'm, so, I feel I feel so grateful that I get uh, I get David on this episode too, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you are you are special enough for David to to skip his day off and join <laughs> the show. Yeah, he said that
2: it, he said he wasn't missing this one. So, I mean, oh, obviously, man, I David, it. you
0: probably have plenty to say tonight, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, hope so. I'm kind of fighting a bug here, so I'm a little bit sick. But, yeah, Ross, I mean, it, it, such a great conversation with you, talking Saints and Bucks, uh before week one. So, I mean, I, I had to come back on for this one.
1: Oh man, I appreciate that. I always look forward to it, man. I've been looking forward to this since that, since that last episode too. Uh, I've been sorta of looking over at who's my, who's the crossover, who's the crossover, just sort of checking them off, trying to get down, uh, waiting to get back to you guys. So uh really looking <laughs> forward to it. I've been I've been hyping it up all week over at Locked on Saints, so I, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, well I mean this is this is the tale of of two teams that you know, they're, they're going down very separate roads right now. I mean, the Buccaneers are red hot. The saints are struggling. I mean, what's what's been going on, man.
1: I don't know, man. It's been an absolute disaster on Poitras. Uh, I just, I just, no, uh, I think, you know, I mean, look, the saints, you know, uh, ever since that week one loss that uh, the bucks handed over in the Superdome, by the way, uh, that, sort of just set the saints on this 10 game win streak. They talked about how they got punched in the mouth and then they needed to figure out how to recover from that and not let that happen. So they went on the 10 game win streak. And then just like in 2009, the win streak gets broken by the Dallas Cowboys this time at AT&T stadium. Uh, With a ten to thirteen win, uh, not one. I'm sorry, a ten to thirteen loss for the Saints. Win for the Cowboys. Not one that I'm too awful concerned about because, again, it took the Saints having one of their worst offensive outputs since two thousand and six to lose by three points. So I feel pretty comfortable. (laughs) I feel pretty comfortable with that. Uh, So yeah, but it's definitely a a tale of uh, two two. Uh, definitely a tale of two teams going to, I don't want to say different directions because y'all are on a little, y'all got a little bit of a tear going right now too with your two game win streak. I see you.
0: Oh yeah. W- Visor Winston is the best Winston.
1: <laughs>
0: know, since, <laughs> since he was put back in that game against the New York giants. I he's thrown and David, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's, it's six touchdown passes and only one interception. And that one interception was a, you know, end of the game, hail Mary desperate situation. Uh so you really can't even blame him for that. Yeah, he's been he's been making great decisions. He's been taking sacks instead of forcing passes, you know, that whole live to play, another down thing. Mm-hmm. Uh I Jameis looks like a totally different guy right now. And and we saw that against uh against Carolina.
2: Oh yeah, he's been he's been looking great, and I, I compared him uh earlier this week to Hoodie Mello. Only difference is uh, you know, Mello can't wear that hoodie on the NBA court, but James can keep his visor on during during NFL play. So
0: I'm a little insulted that you would compare him to Carmelo Anthony to begin with, because Mello's terrible. <laughs>
2: well, listen, I'm a I'm a Nuggets fan, so I remember good Mello. Okay, I don't I don't remember oh, anything yeah. about New York
1: Mello. So yeah, you had the good Mello, but I mean, there's a difference between comparing James Winston to Mello and comparing him to Hoodie Mello. I mean, let let's be real, <laughs> there, there's a difference there. Is that like uh uh? Is that like um uh bolo tie
0: Philip Rivers,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know the saint the Saints have one too because the Saints have a tight end uh have tight end Josh Hill, but then there's also playoff Josh Hill, uh who's a little bit of a different monster, he gets first downs, doesn't fumble, uh, it's a pretty incredible thing, pretty incredible transformation.
0: <laughs> I don't even remember what the playoffs are like, Ross I just <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: unfortunately, for me, I do from last year.
0: I mean, I'll pop on that 2002 Super Bowl champions DVD every now and again, but
2: <laughs>
0: uh, it's like the uh, the Titanic meme. It's been 84 years.
1: <laughs> it's that old Pepperidge Farms. Remember his little gif. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the the Saints have been just absolutely just red hot, except of course against Dallas, and and it seems like Dallas kind of. Kind of laid out the blueprint for what to do if you're if you're gonna beat the Saints. Now, this is a Saints team uh that struggled the last two seasons in Tampa. So mm-hmm. you know the, the the Tampa defense plays much better at home than they do on the road. You know, they've they're giving up an average of 13 points per game over the last two games, both at home. Granted, one game was against the 49ers. But the other game was against you know Carolina last week, and Carolina's offense has been doing some amazing things. Christian McCaffrey's just an absolute stud. Um, so you 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 take a look at this at this Saints team who was basically shut down in large part because of the interior pressure that they got on breeze they were able to collapse that pocket didn't let breeze step up and make those plays that he's so good at making alvin kamara was having an off game i mean is is that the way to really shut down the new orleans saints is just make sure that that you're getting that push right up the middle
1: yeah i guess if you're okay with the cross your fingers and hope for the saints to do poor approach Uh, Because that's really the only that's really the only blueprint, quote unquote, that Dallas really kind of figured out. I mean, yeah, definitely the interior pressure uh, was a big thing. Uh, Drew Brees was just not great at all under pressure. He had a 55.6 completion percentage and a uh, 69.4 NFL passer rating while he was under pressure in that game. And he spent a good bit of time under pressure with 11 dropbacks under. But that's really the that's really kind of it. I mean, we've seen Drew Brees take pressure on far more. Uh, plays so far throughout this season particularly if you look at the Ravens game uh, and even you could even look at the um, uh, uh, the Minnesota game even though they didn't allow any sacks to Minnesota but it's I guess you could consider it a blueprint. I mean, interior pressure or getting pressure on the quarterback seems like it's pretty basic across the league, that that's kind of what you, fundamental, rather, across the league, that that's what you want to do to the opposing quarterback. So I think it's tough to really say that, this, that the Cowboys developed a blueprint because a lot of it was just really kind of failure to launch on the on the saints offensive side the play calling was not great the decision making you saw the two challenges early uh that got you know essentially one of those challenges got wasted and then would have been huge during that last final drive could have gotten the saints the ball back with five minutes left as opposed to two minutes left but i mean even when you look at the play with the uh the interception at the end of the game there that or that ended up leading to the end of the game. That was an example in which interior pressure got Drew Brees off because he went to throw the ball away. He did it, you know, um, wide set off his back foot. And then it ended up sailing short and got intercepted by, what was it? Jordan, Jordan Lewis, I think. Uh, and so it's, it was a little bit of that, but I'm not really sure that you could really say that the Cowboys really laid out a blueprint for the rest of the NFL in terms of how to shut down the saints, because again, it kind of came down to the saints, not being, you know, having, let me not say not being able to, but having a really tough time executing over on the offensive side of the ball. And, and David, this
0: is a, a, I guess an opportunistic Buccaneers team at the moment. You, know, you you look at a team that only had one interception in the first 10 games of the NFL season. All of a sudden, they have six in the last two weeks. You can't really count on Drew Brees to turn the ball over. It's not something that he does. I think, and, and Ross, you can, you can fact check me on this. He has three interceptions on the season?
1: That's correct. Okay.
0: So, I mean, David, what is what does this Bucks defense need to do in order to basically replicate what the Cowboys were able to do last Thursday?
2: Well, I think obviously, I mean, first and foremost, you need interior pressure, you know, coming off or coming from Vita Vea and, and Gerald McCoy to try to keep or uh, you know try to push Drew B, Drew Brees off his spot, and and that's gonna be the first thing. But even if you do that, I mean, Drew Brees is still one of the best quarterbacks that ever play the game, and and Ross, I'm with you on that. Like from from the beginning of that game, the Saints' offense just looked out of whack, and I mean there were even some balls where I don't know if they were necessarily tallied as drops, but there were some passes there that Saints receivers could have gotten, could have could have brought in, and they just didn't, and they and they typically would have. So just kind mm-hmm. of an anomaly there. But I mean, obviously, I think that's going to be the first step, and then and in the secondary. Uh, James, something that we have seen from the Bucs uh, lately but haven't always seen from the Bucks secondary specifically is just discipline, being able to play within uh, your formation, play within your assignment, something that we talked about with Javian Elliott and his interception off Cam Newton. He did a really great job of playing his zone, running that slot receiver into and through his zone and then keeping his eyes on Cam Newton and being able to break on that slant uh, that he was trying to hit uh, to, to build, get in the way of that ball and pick that off. There's not a whole lot of times in my memory that I can remember Drew Brees facing zone coverage and reading it as man coverage. So those interceptions aren't going to come. What you got to do is just stay within the scheme, stay within the play, and basically stay alive and wait for those rare opportunities where Drew overthrows a guy, overshoots a guy, or Michael Thomas has a ball clank off his shoulder pads because they're not going to come often. But when they do come, if the Bucks defense, as young as they are, as inexperienced as they are, if they can capitalize on those and stop some of those drives, then that's what what will really give them a chance to kind of (sighs) put pressure on the offense from a defensive standpoint, but then also give Jameis Winston the opportunity to put points on the board. And as we all know in football, the more more you're leading by, the reason it's easier to play from ahead is because it makes the opposing offense a little bit more predictable, a little bit more one-dimensional, because there's just some things they can't try to do, and setting up future plays just kind of goes out the window you know, the deeper you get with a lead.
0: Well, <clears throat> of course, the the Saints are coming to Raymond James. And as I mentioned, the past couple of years, they have struggled in Tampa. So that is one thing that you can kind of say, you know, for whatever reason, the Bucks seem to play the Saints a lot tougher at home than they do in New Orleans. But the Saints are coming in as an eight-point road favorite with an over-under of fifty six. If you want to put some money on the game, there's no better place to do it than with my bookie. Because, of course, watching football is fun, but it's far more entertaining when you have a little bit of action on the games. You've heard us talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still sitting on the sidelines like Deshaun Jackson. Stop it. Get in the game like you're Chris Godwin. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie, if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little, win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay, pick three teams to win. And if you hit all three, you could turn 100 into $600. There's so much going on right now. There's college basketball. Bowl season is about to be in full effect. The NBA, the NHL, custom prop bets. You can bet on reality shows. You can bet on politics. You can bet on anything over at my Bookie, and they are the one bet that we know you all are going to be happy with all year long. We recommend these guys because we trust them. My Bookie has been in business for years, they have great online reviews, and their mobile site is incredibly easy to use. Sign up this week, and My Bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, Make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and every direct message. Not to mention, they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season alone. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best Weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to my bookie right now and use promo code Locked On to get fifty percent deposit bonus. That's promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, all one word, and you get a fifty percent bonus. You deposit hundred, they're gonna throw you fifty. You deposit one fifty, they're giving you seventy five. Roll that in a parlay, boom, Christmas shopping money. That's how it's done. You play, you win. You get paid. Ross, what are you expecting to see out of this Buccaneers team that over the past couple weeks has really both offensively and defensively been pretty pretty effective, pretty lights out?
1: Yeah, yo. Um, you know, one of the things that I want to credit the Bucs for is that if I if I understand correctly, Last week up against Carolina, they were playing without their three starting corners. Is that right? Uh,
0: Well, of course, we lost Vernon Hargraves in week one uh, against the Saints. Um, Brent Grimes was inactive. Carlton Davis was inactive. And MJ Stewart was inactive. And at one point in the game, um, the Bucs lost starting safety Justin Evans again. And they lost Isaiah Johnson. So they were basically without their top four corners and their top three safeties in this game
1: yeah which is just incredible and i'll talk more about that in a little bit but i want to make sure i had that right because i'm going to come into that when we start talking about when the saints have the ball but that's just that's an incredible something to factor into the win and holding Carolina's Offense to only 17 points so kudos To the Bucks for that in particular So when you talk about the defense being on fire And, and playing really well lately That's something to really give a shout out to When it comes to this offense you know like Jameis Winston something clicked with Jameis Winston two weeks ago like you said when he came in During that New York game and that he had You know 129.9 Passer rating in that game and he's been Over 114 every week uh, Since then and he's thrown Two he's thrown four touchdowns in the last two games no picks so you know he's he's on a little bit of a tear himself and I think that you know with everything that we saw happen in week one for the Saints defense versus that Bucks offense with Fitzmagic or Fitz tragic depending on how you look at him right now uh the Saints I mean I expect that the Bucs are going to come into that game ready to pull the trigger and ready to fire and ready to pace really really sort of control the pace of the game because that is something that the cowboys did well pretty well with winning i mean very well in terms of winning time of possession at almost six minutes and a big part of that was the Saints' inability to convert on on third down when they needed to and things like that offense couldn't keep a hold of the ball and so i think that for this bucks offense a big part of it is going to be uh controlling the pace of the game and playing an up tempo kind of game uh big keys for the saints during this game saints defense during this game is going to be matching up with those wide receivers again we saw how that went last time the difference between last time and this time of course for the saints defense is the addition of eli apple who had a not very good game at all uh actually a pretty horrible game against the cowboys but had two great games before that or three great games before then uh, including matching up with julio jones where he gave up a lot of yards but didn't give up a touchdown which is just kind of what happens when julio jones On the field anyway, but Eli Apple, you know, wasn't bucked. You know, he didn't buck that trend or anything like that. So they've done a really, really good job at sort of finding out where these matchups go. I'm interested to see what Dennis Allen does with Eli Apple. Does he put him on? Uh, mike evans and have him shadow mike evans the way that he had him shadow julio jones do they play or do they shadow play sides of the field uh it, it'll be interesting to see because this is a defense that likes to do all of that and all of that comfort in terms of that flexibility of what you do with the secondary comes from the effective uh nature of the front seven in particular and and honestly uh with the down linemen a hundred percent who have had over who had six uh, six or more sacks in the last two games They had six two games ago, seven last week against the uh, against the Cowboys on Thursday night, and so I think a big part of it is going to be getting to Jameis Winston uh, and making sure that you're able to match up with those big receivers over on either side. Whether that's uh, you know we we talked not to I mean the last time that we had talked we we really got into our whole conversation about. Um, Godwin in particular, or Goodwin, sorry, in particular in terms of you know the effectiveness that he can have as well as the effectiveness that Peyton Barber can have. Whether or not Deshaun Jackson plays, we'll see who matches up there. I think Marshawn Lattimore is probably the most uh, efficient one to put there just in terms of being able to I'm not gonna say keep up with Deshaun Jackson. You don't really keep up with Deshaun Jackson. You just kind of you, you just kind of get close to get to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and I think Marshawn Lattimore has the straight line speed to be able to at least keep in play with Deshaun Jackson. I'll say it that way. Uh, but a big big part of it is going to be the continued success of the front four, whether it's Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, David Onyemata, Alex Okafor, or um, uh a rookie first round draft pick Marcus Davenport as he gets folded into the action more and more as the season's progress.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, and David, I'll let you I'll let you jump in right after I make uh I'll, I make this point. If I'm the Buccaneers and I'm watching the difference between the offense against the 49ers and the offense against the Carolina Panthers, I'm leaving Deshaun on on the sideline. This offense works so much better with Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys being utilized. You're already missing O.J. Howard. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Winston can hit Mike Evans on a deep ball. He can hit Chris Godwin on a deep ball. He can hit Bobo freaking Wilson on a deep ball. He can't hit Deshaun Jackson. I don't know what it is. I have my my theory. There was a uh, an episode a few weeks ago that I flat out think that Unless you're basically Deshaun Jackson has to carry like a wicker basket onto the field with him. And if you don't drop the ball inside the basket that he's carrying, he's Mm -hmm. not going to exert any effort to try to catch anything else. So to me... That's better left on the sidelines. Get get a guy like Chris Godwin in there that is going to fight and scrap and, and claw for every yard that he can. He's going to make diving catches. He's going to make some spectacular plays. Get a guy like Adam Humphreys, who's just an absolute grinder. You know, Get those guys involved, and the offense is more efficient. So to me, that's the best way to do it. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be upset if Deshaun Jackson was inactive for the final month of the season. Because Chris Godwin is a legitimate number two. He could probably be a number one receiver for some teams in the NFL. So why not just continue to move towards the future? They're not going to make the playoffs this year. But, you know, take a look at, at this absolute stud that you got in the third round of the draft two years ago and forget about the drama and the crying and the whining that you're getting from, you know, the overpaid diva.
2: Oh yeah, and Ross, you mentioned Eli Apple, and I really think that that is where Jameis Winston. As, as much as I hate when Jameis Winston kind of tries to force things, I hope, I really hope that the game plan is to kind of target Eli Apple. I really think that the Saints have to keep Marcus Lattimore on Mike Evans because the mismatch between Evans and Apple is just way too big to allow the Buccaneers to exploit that. But Chris Godwin against Eli Apple, I still give that that matchup win to Chris Godwin as well. So if the if the Buccaneers can take advantage of that matchup force the Saints to to roll help over to Eli Apple and do things like that. It's it's only going to open up the middle of the field. It's only going to open up the running game a little bit better for the Buccaneers' offense to be able to move the ball. And I look back at it. Chris Godwin in 2015, which was Eli Apple's last year at Ohio State, had three catches, not a whole lot of catches, right, for 103 yards against the Ohio State defense. Um, that's a great performance. So, I mean, the receiver, like you just laid out, James, Chris Godwin has always had the ability. He's always had the talent, just how much it gets showcased. And that's kind of how we've been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In in the opportunities Godwin has gotten to play and be a, a integral part of the offense, he's shown up and he's he's showed that he can make big plays. He had the game-winning catch against the Saints at the end of last season, just for one example. So I think Chris Godwin is going to be a huge factor in this game and whether or not the Saints defense can handle him and manage him and and really keep them from having to worry about more than just Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, and, and when I take a look at this, saints team and, and what i'm expecting to see from them <clears throat> and we'll we'll power through this real quick before we get to our uh, our final score predictions because i see we're already coming up against the clock this buccaneers defense as as good as it was on sunday holding the panthers to 17 points the four turnovers the four sacks it was an incredible performance they were still allowing almost seven yards per play to the carolina offense
2: mm-hmm.
0: a big part of that was Christian McCaffrey. That, that guy, you know, and I'll, I'll own it. I was as wrong on him as I've been on anyone when we were doing our draft shows because I didn't think he was going to translate well. I really, really didn't. But he's a weapon in the passing game. He's a weapon running up the middle, breaking runs to the outside. He's a weapon everywhere. And he was shredding the Bucks defense. They were able to get stops. They were able to get turnovers. That's what ultimately led to the win but this defense is still susceptible to players like that. So you take Christian McCaffrey and then you give him like the Super Mario like mushroom where he doubles in size and you know he's he's stronger and all that. That's Alvin Kamara. Kamara can absolutely, well, it's Super Kamario. Kamara, can absolutely <laughs> do what Christian McCaffrey did to another level and that's what concerns me when facing this saints team drew Brees is so good and he's so intelligent and he's just he's so elite that he's not going to hold the ball and move around and try to buy time the way cam newton does you know Brees has that internal clock of you know two and a half seconds and if nothing is there if michael thomas is not open if if Con smith you know is well Con smith doesn't get targeted but you know if Basically, if Michael Thomas isn't open, he's dumping it off. And Kamara is going to get the ball in space, and he can do serious damage against this Buccaneers team. And if if he gets going early on, and, and the Saints march right down the field, and they take that 7 to nothing lead on the back of, of Super Kamario, I think the Bucs could be in for a real long day.
1: I'm a real big fan of the uh, nickname Super Kamario. I really enjoy that a lot. Uh, <laughs>
0: full full discretion i i did take it from another podcast that i listened to but feel free to to use that because it that is such a phenomenon
1: that's perfect uh but yeah i mean look one of the things i was going to bring up was christian mccaffrey's effectiveness to get the bucks at the uh for this last game averaging 10.6 yards on the ground and averaging over six yards through the air uh he had 10 rushes for 106 yards nine catches for 55 so i mean look that's that's fits very well into what the Saints like to do with the ball. And you're right, Traquan Smith doesn't get a lot of targets, but when he does... Uh, He actually ends up becoming a factor. So he's somebody that I'm keeping an eye on, especially with the just sort of the condition that this buck secondary is in the last time that the saints took on a really depleted secondary. uh, They were able to take advantage of that with all of their different wide receivers. And that was against the Falcons in which they threw Mm -hmm. four in which drew Brees threw four touchdowns to people that no one outside of new Orleans has ever heard of. Uh, And now one of those guys, I'm fully aware because some of us started Michael Thomas and,
0: uh, and Alvin <laughs> Kamara in our DFS lineup and got straight hosed. In yeah, yeah, very upset.
1: yeah, I mean, I, I would love to I would love to meet the person that said, "Yeah, I'm going to start Austin Carr, Tommy Lee Lewis, and Dan Arnold and then get my Saints points that way." I would love to I meet think, that person.
0: I think they were zero percent owned.
1: yeah definitely uh and dan arnold is one to actually kind of keep an eye on in particular with this game as well i mean he's been playing pretty well these last couple of games he's averaged over 10 yards per reception uh this last game of course that means you know he had two catches for 20 yards which is pretty easy math but uh, you know he's been somebody that's becoming more and more of a factor at the tight end position he's of course a six six wide receiver that the Saints moved over to tight end at the beginning of the season during the offseason and he's been really working out he's actually the number five tight end in terms of pro football focus grades if you believe in that kind of a thing uh, and so that's something to you know he's somebody to keep an eye on in this game as well because I think that you know this is going to be a big bounce back game for the Saints and of course you know to pretend like the Saints have forgotten what happened week one uh, would be ignorant in the first place you know uh, So I think that they're going to come into this game wanting to, I don't want to say seek revenge, but definitely wanting to rebound. Uh, And that means rebound from the Cowboys game and also rebound from that last Tampa Bay game if they can, but... The big, big factor in all of this uh, is going to end up being the offensive line. We talked about interior pressure early. The Saints' offensive line didn't really play as bad as it looked like they played last game, but they played bad in the worst possible ways, if that makes sense. So it wasn't that they were consistently terrible. It's just that when they were, just that when they let people through, particularly Demarcus Lawrence, uh, it was just the most inopportune moments where that happened. So I'm looking for Drew Brees to be able to bounce back from this game. Usually, when he comes back from Losses in which he's thrown, you know, an interception and under 200 yards, he comes back and he averages two and a half touchdowns and 300 yards. So I'm looking for something around there. Uh, And I'm also looking for Mark Ingram to get a little bit more involved this week, too, because in that Cowboys game, he had only seven carries, even though he was averaging over three and a half yards per carry for the game so he could have he could have gotten a little bit more involved and that might have helped them control the clock I think that a lot of the clock control time management type issues that you saw with New Orleans last week you're not going to see at Raymond James Stadium this week
2: yeah I mean just to kind of piggyback off of what you guys are talking about especially with Christian McCaffrey and the the yards per touch and and all that stuff the four the four turnovers or takeaways that the Buccaneers defense had last week three of those came with the Panthers in plus territory. So they were on the Buccaneers' side of the field looking to to put points on the board. And, in fact, only twice did the Carolina Panthers come off the field uh, not having at least crossed their own 40-yard line. So, I mean, uh, as great as the defense did in those clutch moments and getting those big takeaways, you know, as the stats will show, I mean, Cam Newton threw for 300 yards, you know, despite everything. And uh, so the, the Panthers' offense was still able to be effective and still get the ball at least into position to make an impact on that game. Um, so kudos to the Bucs defense for doing that, obviously. But the 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 game is obviously stepped up. The bar has risen, you know, coming into this weekend, weekend against the New Orleans Saints because there's no Michael Thomas, you know, in, in Carolina. There's no Mark Ingram in Carolina. And, and the other weapons, like you said, Ross, if they do get involved, if they do get rolling, can be uh, just as effective as anybody that the Panthers have on their team. So it's going to be a big task for this defense uh especially if they have to roll out with some of the younger guys they had you know future pro bowler Andrew Adams obviously you know could be a big <clears> part of this but uh well you know we'll see how they how they rise up to the to the task but a lot of it uh, like you as I mentioned is going to fall on James Winston in the offense because I think James I think all of Bucks Nation is probably a little bit nervous to see if old James comes back if the Buccaneers fall behind early to the Saints
0: yeah yeah that's a great point point. and real quick before we get to our um but Before we get to our score predictions and wrap things up, I have a question for each of you, and I want you to be totally unbiased and honest, okay? All right. Let's say you have a fantasy team where you have Drew Brees and Jameis Winston, and you kind of need to win because it's round one of the playoffs. Which quarterback are you starting, asking for
1: a friend? ha, ha, ha. Um, I, even from an unbiased position, just because of history, I, I go Drew Brees. Yeah,
2: okay. and I'm going, uh, I'm going Jameis. I think that, uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram can get a lot more involved in the running game, uh, this weekend. That's going to kind of trim Drew's numbers a little bit, but I really think that, uh, the Bucks passing game is going to have to be relied on from start to finish.
0: Yeah. Fun fact, Ross. I'm not sure if you, if you know this or not, the Buccaneers, quarterbacks you know just on a week by week basis the Buccaneers quarterback position number two quarterback in all fantasy football this year
1: behind Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes yeah no actually I did know that I did know that I just uh man you know I'm just in this position right now it's where I feel like Drew Brees is coming off this game that he's really disappointed in and they couldn't find that rhythm and I think you know he's coming up against a secondary that he's going to be able to pick on uh and he's gonna he's got a defense he's going to be able to pick on and I I think he's going to be able to do that, but I do. But, you know, there's, there's really there's valid uh, um, a position in what David just said in terms of if Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara get rolling, then, you know, Drew Brees gets to sit back and take a Sunday off, you know, in a way, yeah. kind of like he did in Minnesota and things like that, and last year against the Bills and stuff. But, you know, I mean, ugh, I just have I have trouble going against history, man, and history says that Jameis Winston eventually mm-hmm. will go off the rails, and that's when those interceptions came, start coming through.
2: No, you're you're right. I think That's your fair. friend will be okay with either one. I think if they lose their playoff game, it's not going to be because of the quarterback position.
0: That's true because my, <laughs> my friend can stack either Breeze with Kamara or Winston with Godwin. So, you know, it, it'll be okay. But Ross, what go. is your final score prediction for Sunday's game? Are we going to have a bounce back or the Buccaneers – going to hit three in a row for the first time in, I don't know, probably like 10, 15 years. Actually, it was only <laughs> years ago, but it just seems That's like That's all it.
1: right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, man, I've been, I've been talking about a bounce back for the Saints this whole episode, so I'm going to stick to my guns here. I'm going to talk about the Saints coming back uh, and bouncing back strong. I don't know that – I don't think that they get to their – uh, that gets their 6th 40-point game in this, in this uh, team. I'm sorry, in this game, I think that they get a comfortable lead and then they work on controlling the clock and then not making any pivotal mistakes down the road. Drew Brees has only three interceptions on the season, but he's got two in the last two games. So I think that they want to be you know, a little bit more focused on ball security and keeping things safe. And in a couple of fumbles last game too, which we hadn't seen for the last few games. Uh, so I think they're going to really work on getting a, an early lead. So I'm going to say something along the lines of uh, around that uh, 35 to 28 range. But I think that the, uh, the Bucs uh, cover, well, not cover this right, but I think that the Bucks beat the spread. Okay.
0: David, are you going to give your score prediction or are you going to save that for our Friday episode?
2: I'll go ahead and give it now. Okay. So our our listeners know that I do a little bit of math from time to time on the show and on Bucks Nation, and I did a little bit of math on my hard count today that I turned in. So I'm going to kind of stick with that. And looking at the average points scored by both these teams in their last three matchups, that's where I'm going to get my score prediction. And Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers are averaging a little over 29 points per game, and the Saints are averaging a little over 27. So I'm going to go 30 to 27 Tampa Bay. Both kickers miss Mm -hmm. extra points, and then Cairo Santos hits the game winner.
0: (laughs) Don't you put that evil on Cairo Santos.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Ross, so uh, not so much in the Saints history, but you know the year that the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, and this isn't the only time this happened, but the year the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, the Saints beat them twice. So as we already mentioned, the Saints are pretty much on, on a train on the way to the NFC Championship game as far as we're concerned. Uh, perhaps losing to the Bucks twice this year could actually become a little bit of a, a rallying point for them to, to win in the playoffs.
1: You know, I got something like that for you as well. I got something like that for you as well, because actually in 2009, the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl, they lost three times. They finished up 13 and three. The three losses came to one one loss to the Bucks, one loss to the Cowboys, and one loss to the Panthers. So, in order for the Saints to really kind of stay on track with their Super Bowl roots, they would need a win here, and then they need to drop one of the two remaining games against the Panthers, and then go into the playoffs 13-3 and three with losses to those three teams.
2: That's interesting.
1: Thanks for reminding me that Aaron Brooks
0: existed. <laughs> yeah, <I> appreciate that. <laughs> All right. My score prediction... David, I got to break our streak here. We both picked the Buccaneers to win the last two weeks. No, you
2: can't do that. <sighs>
1: <laughs> but it's worked for you the last two weeks. Why would you? It's worked, right? Like y'all, y'all are on a two-game win streak right now.
2: Yeah, we're on, a, we're on we're, we're undefeated. I think the last three games where we both picked, or no, the last four games where we both picked the Bucks to win, the Bucks have won.
0: All right, well then I'll I'll pick with my heart instead of my head, like I originally <laughs> went, but I'll keep the same score. We're gonna go twenty-eight, twenty-four bucks. Okay. Oh Jesus, like this is gonna bite me in the butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. This is gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it is. Y'all got, hey, me, hey. Y'all got me. Y'all got me yeah, you got me rubbing my hands like Birdman over here, man color rush
0: jersey second week in a row for the bucks all of a sudden you know hey, they you hadn't go. gotten a win in those uniforms ever and then they get a win against the panthers and they're like you know what we're going streaking two in a row and it's like <laughs> you know the numbers are still against you in these unities but i get it <laughs> love the bucks color Rush uniform. Are, the saints- are, uh, uh,
2: are the saints wearing the all-white color rush uh, i don't awesome. think so I
1: would love to see it but I don't think so cuz I think that the, you know I think they've already used their 3 for the seasons oh. where they did the alternate uniforms. Uh oh, really those all whites. whites
2: are clean looking. I like those a lot. Oh man. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're my favorite. They're absolutely my favorite. But, you know, when the Saints wore the all whites at home against the Eagles and then the Eagles wore that midnight green, it was kind of white ranger versus green ranger uh <laughs> looking Uh, So I would love to see some white Power Ranger versus red Power Ranger color rush on color rush in the NFC South. I I wouldn't be mad at that at all. That would be sweet. I would enjoy that a lot. All
0: right, gentlemen, appreciate some of your time tonight for all of you listening. We certainly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had as much fun listening as we had chit chatting with each other and you know use the super kamario thing because that's one of the greatest nicknames i've ever heard so spread that around for for you saints fans i might name my fantasy team that next year if i get kamara um make sure you're checking out everything going on over at bucksnation.com ross uh you have um you have a website that you're doing any any writing for that you'd like to plug real quick
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can check out allsaintsconsidered.com, a uh, great website where we're tracking everything throughout. We have several writers over there, everybody very talented. We also have an accompanying podcast with that, the ASC podcast, which you can also follow on Twitter. And if you want to follow allsaintsconsidered.com on Twitter, you can do that at All Saints Blog. Uh, we're a nice, hefty balance between information and positivity and memes. Uh, so we got a little yes. bit for everybody. <laughs>
0: All right. And of course you can follow everything that we are doing on Twitter at locked on bucks at locked on saints at Ross Jackson, ASC at Jay Arco underscore bucks and at DH 82 underscore bucks. Gentlemen, thank you so much for some of your time tonight. Really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun and thank you all so much for joining us right here on crossover Wednesdays.